Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please, let me know if it helped you. Jeremiah 16 and 17, trust in God and be like a sturdy tree on the riverbank. Jeremiah had one of the toughest jobs of the Old Testament prophets, of all the Old Testament prophets. He oversaw God's judgment on Judah and Jerusalem. God warned the people over and over again to turn away from worthless idols and false gods and trust in him and him only. But no, the people went their own way and they suffered the consequences. Israel, a nation born out of bondage in Egypt, was sent to bondage in another foreign land, Babylon. Let's dig in. Jeremiah 16. The Lord gave me another message. He said, do not get married or have children in this place. For this is what the Lord says about the children born here in this city and about their mothers and fathers. They will die from this from terrible diseases. No one will mourn for them or bury them. They will lie scattered on the ground like manure. They will die from war and famine and their bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. Judah's coming punishment. This is what the Lord says. Do not go to funerals to mourn or show sympathy for these people for I have removed my protection and peace from them. I have taken away my unfailing love and my mercy. Both the great and the lowly will die in this land. No one will bury them or mourn for them. Their friends will not cut themselves in sorrow or shave their heads in sadness. No one will offer a meal to comfort those who mourn for the dead, not even at the death of a mother or father. No one will send a cup of wine to console them. And do not go to their feasts or parties. Do not eat and drink with them at all, 
For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, in your own lifetime before your very eyes, I will put an end to the happy singing and laughter in this land. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. When you tell the people all these things, they will ask, why has the Lord decreed such terrible things against us? What have we done to deserve such treatment? What is our sin against the Lord our God? Then you will give me the Lord's reply. It is because your ancestors were unfaithful to me. They worshiped other gods and served them. They abandoned me and did not obey my word. You are even worse than your ancestors. You, you stubbornly follow your own evil desires and refuse to listen to me. So I will throw you out of this land and send you into a foreign land where you and your ancestors have never been. There you can worship idols day and night and I will grant you no favors. Hope despite the disaster, verse 14. But the time is coming, says the Lord, when people who are taking an oath will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who rescued the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. <clears throat> Instead, they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land from the land of the north and from all the countries to which he had exiled them. For I will bring them back to this land that I gave their ancestors. But now I am sending for many fishermen who will catch them, says the Lord. I am sending for hunters who will hunt them down in the mountains, hills, and caves. I am watching them closely. I see every sin. They cannot hope to hide from me. I will double their punishment for all their sins because they have defiled my land with lifeless images of their detestable gods and have filled my territory with their evil deeds. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Jeremiah's prayer of confidence, verse 19. Lord, you are my strength and fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. Nations from around the world will come to you and say, Our ancestors left us a foolish heritage, for they worship worthless idols. Can people make their own gods? These are not real gods at all. The Lord says, now I will show them my power. Now I will show them my might. At last they will know and understand that I am their Lord. That's the end of Jeremiah 16. Very good question. Can people make their own gods? Yes, they can and they do all the time. The problem is that they don't see it that way. Yet they are sinning every time they light a candle, bow to it, bring it flowers, rub the ceramic foot for good luck or drop a coin in the box in front of the statue. It's a man-made thing. It has no power. It cannot help you. Turn away from such things. And I found this picture and it just shows like a, a store or a shop um, that has um, statues of Mary and some, some other saint there too. And a lot of them for sale. So anybody can have one. Man-made statues of Mary. For what? <sighs> the coming judgment. God tells Jeremiah not to marry. What Judah and Jerusalem what what <laughs> what Judah and Jerusalem ended up becoming was not a place to raise a family. This is different than taking a vow of celibacy which no healthy human being can do without a genuine surrendered heart to God. 
God is sparing Jeremiah the pain of losing his family. Additionally, God tells Jeremiah not to mourn or feel sorry for these people. They made their beds, now they have to lie in them. They chose to sin even though they knew better. Going on, Jeremiah 17, Judah's sin and punishment. The sin of Judah is inscribed with an iron chisel, engraved with a diamond point on their stony hearts and on the corners of their altars. Even their children go to worship at their pagan altars and asherah poles beneath every green tree or on every high hill. So I will hand over my holy mountain along with all your wealth and treasures and your pagan shrines as plunder to your enemies for sin runs rampant in your land. The wonderful possession I have reserved for you will slip from your hands, and I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. Wisdom from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. <clears throat> and they never stop producing fruit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Jeremiah's trust in the Lord, verse 11. Like a partridge hatches eggs she has not laid, so are those who get their wealth by unjust means. At midlife, they will lose their riches. In the end, they will become poor old fools. But we worship at your throne, eternal, high, and glorious. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. Oh, Lord, if you heal me, I will truly be healed. If you save me, I will truly be saved. My praises are for you alone. People scoff at me and say, what is this message from the Lord you talk about? Why don't your predictions come true? Lord, I have not abandoned my job as a shepherd for your people. I have not urged you to send disaster. You have heard everything I've said. Lord, don't terrorize me. You alone are my hope in the day of disaster. Bring shame and dismay on all who persecute me, but don't let me experience shame and dismay. Bring a day of terror on them. Yes, bring double destruction upon them. Observing the Sabbath. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and stand in the gates of Jerusalem, first in the gate where the king goes in and out, and then in each of the other gates. Say to the people, listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all you people of Judah, and everyone living in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Listen to my warning. 
Stop carrying on your trade at Jerusalem gates on the Sabbath day. Do, do not do your work on the Sabbath, but make it a holy day. I gave this command to your ancestors, but they did not listen or obey. They stubbornly refused to pay attention or accept my discipline. But if you obey me, says the Lord, and do not carry on your trade at the gates or work on the Sabbath day, and if you keep it holy, then kings and their officials will go in and out of these gates forever. There will always be a descendant of David sitting on the throne here in Jerusalem. Kings and their officials will always ride in and out among the people of Judah and chariots and on horses. And in this and this city will remain forever. And from all around Jerusalem, from the towns of Judah and Benjamin, from the western foothills and the hill country of the Negev, the people will come with their burnt offerings and sacrifices. They will bring their grain offerings, frankincense and thanksgiving offerings, offerings to the Lord's temple. But if you do not listen to me and refuse to keep the Sabbath holy, or if on the Sabbath day you bring loads of merchandise through the gates of Jerusalem, just as on other days, then I will set fire to these gates. The fire will spread to the palaces and no one will be able to put out the roaring flames. That's the end of Jeremiah 17. Getting what they deserve. Imagine getting a very special gift, like a teenager getting his or her first car. It's not just any car, it's a really nice sports car. The first weekend, the teen gets a ticket for speeding. Dad gives him or her a stern warning, but he or she gets to keep the car. A while later, it's an address, a, arrest for drunk driving. The teen didn't heed Dad's warning. Dad had no choice but to take away the keys. Well, that's what happening. That's what's happening to Judah and Jerusalem. Well, that's what happened to Judah and Jerusalem. Over and over again, they were warned. Nevertheless, they did not turn away from the paganism. Hence, God is taking them away from the promised land. Their sin was inscribed in their hard hearts. Right now, sin is inscribed in the hard hearts of the majority of the people in this world. Yes, even many of those who profess to be Christian, quote unquote, or religious, quote unquote, or even spiritual, quote unquote. You can't hide any sin from God. Sin runs rampant in the world today, just like it did back then. Judgment Day is coming for the whole world. People stop listening to God and only listen to men, false teachers. If we rely on our own strength and, and knowledge, we will not be blessed by God. We cannot rely on humans. We must trust only in God. Ask God to search your heart to see if there's anything that offends him. Pray this. It's Psalm 139, starting in verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Sin is engraved in our hearts and nature. A whitewashing will not be enough. To receive a new heart, you must be born again. With salvation, we are not repaired, but made new. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Listen to the very first Psalm, Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. 
but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. That is Psalm 1. Now, John the Baptist told us in both Matthew and Luke that Jesus is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with the, his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Never-ending fire. That's hell, my friend. Okay, now, it, um, if you're not familiar with farming and wheat, now this is done by machines, but back in, in Jesus' day, <clears throat> and Old Testament days, they used to do it um, by hand, obviously, in the threshing floor. So they would throw the wheat in the air and the wind would take, would blow the chaff away and the wheat would fall down onto the threshing floor. And so uh, the chaff is later collected and burned. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. And if you click on over to my blog, I have a graphic that actually shows an image of Jesus on a threshing floor. But... He's ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork, and he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. And that's hell, never-ending fire. What about the Sabbath? He talks about the Sabbath here. Pastor Sandy Adam explains, quote, Keeping the Sabbath was a reminder to the Jews of God's creation and covenant. The Sabbath originated at creation. God worked six days and rested on the seventh. And the Sabbath was codified in the covenant or in the law given to Moses. Thus, in the Old Testament, keeping of the Sabbath was acknowledging God as your creator and redeemer. It was an integral part of pledging your allegiance to him. God says, obey me and I'll establish my kingdom forever. And then notice the beautiful terminology, sacrifices of praise. This is what God desires today. Now that Jesus, the true Lamb of God, has been offered up for the sins of the world, God no longer desires animal sacrifices, but sacrifices of praise. God loves it when we sing of his greatness and shout of our gratitude. Hebrews 13, 15 commands us, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Again, that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. Jesus sits in his mighty throne in heaven. If you are born again, your citizenship is with Jesus in heaven. Your citizenship is with Jesus in heaven. We're just passing through the earth. A faithful servant of Jesus Christ trusts in him completely. With each passing day, we get closer and closer to our heavenly home. Note this, anywhere you go away from God is downhill. The further away you go, the harder it will be to come back. Thankfully, it's not too late yet. When you die, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal savior that's knowing him in your heart, you are gonna go to hell. Even if you think you're too far gone, Jesus can still save you. No heart is too hard for Jesus. If the rapture happens before you die, you will be left behind if you are not a born-again believer, period. Believe me, you don't want to be left behind to face the great tribulation. 
You will have a second chance to submit to God, but you're stuck here until his second coming. Figure at least another seven or more years of watching the world's judgment happening around you. Don't believe me? Check out the book of Revelation. Jesus was nice enough to leave us coming attractions. It's your choice. And it's a choice you'd better make now before you die and while you're still coherent. So believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and then he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins, that is stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized, show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I embedded um, an, um, an old, old, um, it's not, it's not an old hymn, but an old, um, uh, Christian worship song. We bring the sacrifice of praise. And just, <laughs> this is where it comes from. Um, so praise God, soli deo gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. 
but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.